0: Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shaq, and this is the Prime Time uh, Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network, bitches. <laughs>
1: What's up guys, welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and we are talking LSU Tigers as always at the beginning of the week as LSU takes down the Ole Miss Rebels 58-37, almost cover the spread, but end up not covering the spread, which, hey, I'll tell you this, uh, pretty interesting is that I had a buddy that... uh, that bet LSU, and they didn't cover it by that half point. So kind of crazy how that happens. You know, Vegas somehow always knows what's going on. But as always, I'm joined tonight by Josh Simone. Y'all can catch him on Twitter, at LSUFBallTruth. Josh, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good. Another win, and uh, like Coach had said, Coach O said, uh, the point of the game was to win, right? So stand 10 and 0 Well, let's talk about what needs to be talked
1: about Mm -hmm. first and and that's the run defense uh an Ole Miss team that coming into this game on average per game they were averaging 247 yards on the ground look they were the third most explosive rushing attack in the country and you saw that I I mean you had explosive plays you know every single series it seemed like look LSU scores the ball then all of a sudden Ole Miss comes two plays, and they're running for a 70-yard touchdown. It's like, man, what, what in the hell is going on, Josh? As Ole Miss racked up 489 yards, um, or, or is that LSU? LSU had 489, uh, but Ole Miss had 402 yards yeah, 402. on the ground, and they're 614 for the day. A huge day for a guy
0: and, uh John Rice Plumley. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, if you got the opportunity to watch that game like I did – it was nerve-wracking in a sense. It was a little bit embarrassing in a sense. Uh, I tweeted out some things, Charles, and I know you've seen it. That it's kind of disappointing, embarrassing at uh, certain aspects. But I think Charles, in the big scheme of things, this may have came at the perfect time. This may have came when LSU's 10 and 0. I think if LSU goes in there and beats these guys 62 to 10, they don't quite have that focus. I. I kind of like the fact where this happened at in the season. You're 10-0, but, man, they gassed you. They made you – it was embarrassing. Um, You've seen it. You've seen the floodgates open early in the uh, first half. I mean, late in the first half, excuse me, and then really open up in the second half. We talked about it, Charles, on last week's pod. How I mean, we tried to warn everybody how talented the quarterback was at running the football. I mean, I said that he was arguably – the if you put him at running back, he arguably is one of the best running backs in the SEC. He's that talented, and he showed it on, uh, on Saturday night. So, yeah, I mean, but it really he really went after LSU's weakness, Charles, and, and I mean, it, it showed. It was glaring. But I, I tweeted this out numerous times that I think, to me, it was, yes, it was scheme. Yes, it was the guys weren't necessarily in the right position to make the plays all the time, and Coach O spoke about that at his presser today. But it was just some of the lack of effort, the lack of energy, the kind of not the willingness to just go the extra mile in defense to make that play. And it just kept happening over and over again. You're going to get beat in today's offenses. These defenses are going to get beat. It happens. But man, it's glaring, Charles, right? When you could see guys that it just, it just don't want to be out there, it almost seemed like it was just embarrassing at times and we can't have that you're playing for a national championship at this point uh at least an sec championship right now so yeah we 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 need the defense definitely needs to step it up um just need a better effort you've seen grant grant delpit um coach o talked about it this week he was injured and it was glaring right charles it was glaring i mean he was making open field misses like that's not normally what happens with grant so uh, I'd like to get your two cents on it all, but you know we came out with the win, so that's important. Yeah, look,
1: this is going to be our bad segment. We're, we're going to yep. talk bad. <laughs> we're going to talk bad for about ten minutes, fifteen yep. minutes, and we're going to get past it. But I, it just has to be talked about that LSU was struggling um, to make tackles. Yep. Uh, a, a guy who I thought had been playing incredible up to this game was Tyler Shelvin. Tyler Shelvin was invisible in this game. Yep. I, actually, uh, you know, Coach, I said it today. Apu Aika had his best game for. Uh, so far this season, and that impact wasn't really felt because you know, Ole Miss was able to do so much. You, you look at what Plumlee did, he threw the ball or uh, 16 times with nine completions, 123 yards, and had an interception. What he did on the ground was 21 carries for <laughs> 212 yards for four touchdowns.
0: Unreal, it, man.
1: It reminds me of a guy that is playing really well in the NFL right now, and that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, a quarterback can have a lot of impact from. The, you know, the perspective of running the ball. And you also have to think about this. You know, Ole Miss didn't have their best runner. Their best running back didn't play in this game. Yes, Ely's a really good guy, and Ely had some incredible carries. I mean, he was a highly uh, touted running back coming in, you know, as a freshman. Yeah. He had a really good game. But you got to look at what Plumlee did, and you have to sit there and think, man, what's going on? Look, LSU was up 28-0 at one point in this game. And yeah. let Ole Miss come back in the way they did, uh, going down and getting three instead of six, it, I thought was huge and in, in um, different chances. When they got turnovers from us, they were able to put up touchdowns, uh, which was big for them. And, and look, it, what I thought was huge in this game, Josh, is that not only did you not see, you know, the guys that have been playing well step up. You talked about Grant Delput. We got mm-hmm. more insight into him. Still injured, didn't practice last week. So, He didn't get those tackling reps. Uh, Coach O said that's something that's hard to come into a game and open field tackle when you've been sitting out all week, and he's still dealing with that ankle injury. Maybe he gets some rest this week. But, Josh, the biggest thing that I take away Mm -hmm. is, look, LSU's been really good at making adjustments uh, in the past, especially on defense. You know, Aranda, they call him the scientist, the professor, they call him the professor because he goes out there, he makes those in-game adjustments, and not only at halftime, but in the middle of halves. In the middle of quarters, and you didn't see LSU make a single adjustment on defense in that second
0: half, and that's something that I was concerned about. Yeah, man, you you really knocked on a bunch of good points here. It it was just I was kind of blown away, like you said. First off, with the Aranda talk, Um, you know, let, let me say this real quick: Aranda's not getting fired. The fans that want to scream to the top of the you know the mountain that that we need him fired, I mean, that's not happening. You know, I want to say that we forget how many years that Coach Aranda coached this defense with no offense. I mean, that man won a lot of games for us, and we couldn't score 10 points. So he's going to get the opportunity to fix it. Like you said, he's a professor. He's going to get there. He's going to get it right. What scares me, Charles, is moving forward. You know, when you get into the college football playoff and you get into the bowl games, uh, you know, the SEC championship game, game, obviously. Uh, Now, this is on film now, Charles. That's what concerns me. This is on film. So now these guys know how to attack you. Coach O Yo brought it up today that they spent three hours yesterday or four hours looking at four plays. Those four plays are guaranteed was the QB counter, You know the option with the quarterback, you know, like you said, uh, Lamar Jackson. Those, those plays right there, the QB counter was killing them. So I guarantee they spent a lot of time on making sure that moving forward I don't Georgia, they might have never ran a QB counter there in their entire life, Charles. But you know what they're gonna run in the SEC championship game if we play them? QB counter. They're gonna, they're gonna try it because we couldn't stop it at Ole Miss at all. Now, granted, you know, the quarterback for Ole Miss is probably running a 4-2 out there, it looked like to me, you know. Uh, but it it's something LSU's gotta get cleaned up quickly. And I, you know, Aranda didn't fix it in the game, but I gotta give the man the opportunity I got to give the man his due because he's really good at correcting things and and fixing them especially like you said at halftime in the game it didn't quite happen but I just got to think that coach O being a defensive guy Aranda being a defensive guy that's embarrassing for them too Charles because look what do we say He's he's a defensive line coach and Aranda's a linebacker coach dude the defensive line and the linebackers it was embarrassing that's the two places they coach so, believe me, they want to get it fixed way more than anybody else in the state of Louisiana wants to get it fixed. Uh, so, I expect these guys to come out with an edge on them, Charles, against, against Arkansas. And you're going to see a different mentality as far as stopping the run going forward. I mean, if we don't, then I think we truly are going to have a problem down the stretch run against these teams that are better. Yeah, look, um,
1: if you can't stop Arkansas, it's rushing attack. Exactly. You, you may not want to listen to the pod next week. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's not just Ole Miss, Josh. You know, I look at what they did against Ole Miss coming into the game and then knew what Plumlee could do and they stopped him. They were really good. It was so good to the point that they went and brought um, their backup quarterback uh, into the game. The guy that started the season out, I think his name's uh, last name's Coral. And, yeah. Matt Carroll. Yep. And he didn't play well. And so they brought Plumlee back and look, you're going into um, halftime, and the question is: Is look, it's thirty-one-seven. Are we looking at taking Joe out? And Coach O even says it to Holly Rowe when she interviewed him uh, coming back after halftime. It Was like, you know, what are you going to do if you if you go up? Like, are you going to start thinking about taking Joe out after what happened to Tua? And, and she, you know, he said, "Oh yeah, we score a touchdown. Joe's going to come out." Well, Ole Miss scores a touchdown. They go for two. They get it, and LSU's trying to figure out what's going on, and, and you never see the adjustment. Similar to Alabama, Josh. Look at that first half against Alabama. Defense stopped Alabama. They had a great game plan. Second half, they couldn't do it. And so I think the more concerning thing is, too, is that you're building these big leads against Alabama, against Ole Miss, and you're letting them come back. Look, Ole Miss at one point got this down to a one-score game in the second half. And, Josh, uh, like I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little nervous, you know. And, and yep. it, it's like the offense – you trust the offense, but uh, when the offense started turning the ball over, and, and let's let's flip to that. We'll come back to ru- our, our rush defense and finish up on it after. But Josh, it seemed like Joe Burrow, in, in a way, maybe he's getting a little cocky because the two interceptions he threw, in, in my opinion, are not throws he should be making.
0: Yeah, I think the one throw, you know, where he got hit, Charles, and I, uh, he got hit, and the ball kind of kind of fluttered there, didn't quite get I, enough I, on it. I saw that on Twitter. I don't think it mattered.
1: Because yeah, you're have, probably right. You're probably right. Should, the cornerback left Jamar Chase and, and and was covering that route. They were bracketing uh, Jefferson right there.
0: He was no, he was definitely no, bracketing. He, yeah, he was underneath the route. I, it was going to be a pick even if it was a perfect throw. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a throw that he shouldn't have been making. But yeah, I mean, I think you, you might get a little bit of swag, what a little bit of confidence. I mean, he's kind of, you know, at this point, he's earned I've earned that right to kind of make some of them them tougher throws. Yes, I noticed Charles, and, when and- we. He should have had
1: a third. He should have had a third interception as well. Yeah. Uh, Threw the ball right to 16 and and 16. You know, so it's – I think if anything, it's something you can go back to film study, and everyone's going to have a bad game. Look, Joe Burrow's bad game. He's 32 for for 42 for 489 with five touchdowns and two picks. But I I think the thing going forward is maybe in a way this humbles him because he's going to be playing against better defenses if LSU makes a run, especially in the SEC championship if they face, if they win this week, LSU is going to Atlanta, and I think everyone feels pretty confident in their chances against Arkansas at home. But Georgia's got a really good defense, and if LSU plays like this in terms of offense, and they can't stop Georgia's uh, offensive attack, it could, you know, prove to be troublesome in that game. So I think, if anything, this is going to help him in terms of film study, in terms of progression, and you know, to the point of he sees things on the field now rather than just, you know, putting the ball up there. It's, it's one of those things where if he does that in a close game, it hurts you. Yeah. Look,
0: I want to say this about it in that situation. I think you're dead on for the most part on this. He has a lot of confidence in his wide receivers. And then you build that trust as the season goes on. And he honestly believes in his mind, if he throws up a 50-50 ball, that his guys are going to win it. Um, and so I think some of these throws that you've seen is the case. So it's not necessarily the best decision, but a guy like Jamar Chase can go through the roof and get it. You know, we've seen what Jefferson could do. I'm not saying it's the best choice, but he, he's that's where they're at with this passing game. I mean, he's truly, like you said, he's confident. I mean, he's, you know, maybe a little overconfident at times, but yeah, I mean, he, he took some chances there and it didn't, it didn't quite pay off for him, but, you know, he still had a tremendous game. He threw the ball 42 times. Anytime that I see a quarterback throw it 35 times plus, I always mix in at least he's going to probably have at least one pick. When you start getting into the 45 to 55 range, in my mind, I always say he's probably going to throw about two picks. Something's going to get tipped. a ball's going to get hit. He's going to get hit. So that's kind of how I I looked at it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he'll look at the film there, Charles, and probably decide, like you said, on that one throw, he, he shouldn't have been making that throw. But overall, Charles, if you really break down the film, I had the opportunity to break down the film now, watch it twice. He made some NFL throws early in that game where he stepped up in the pocket, moved to the right, hit Jamar Chase on the run. That was an NFL throw, and I know a lot of the scouts were, you know, really like that play. Yeah, no, look, no doubt. You know, I, first half, I think
1: Burrow played great. And, and this is where you see Thaddeus Moss after the game say, we need to play a full 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. We have yet to play a full 60 minutes. This team has yet to play their best football game. Uh, which in a way that is, is true
0: yep.
1: is excited, you know, it, you know, exciting for me, but it, it's, it goes back to Burrow goes 14 for 14 at one point in this game, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it's like, man, keep playing like that. Cause Ole Miss isn't good on you know, defensively, you know, Ole Miss got after him, but they put some hits on Joe, you know, that hit out of bounds where he gave himself up. He's two yeah. steps of bounds and they hit him. The fact that that, wasn't a targeting look I know the rule is you know a helmet to helmet type of thing but I mean in a way that's got to be more than a 15 yard penalty at the end of the day
0: yeah I mean Coach O spoke about that today I tweeted that actual video out um LSU's got to understand moving forward Charles that they got a target on them now and I think they're going to maybe they kind of they can kind of tell now after this week you can tell man teams like this they played up at the second half they came out and played up scored 37 points on you they ran all over you you know guys are going to take shots at you you that's kind of what the media and with coach o is kind of saying that it's going to be different for lsu now they're going to have to adjust to being the number one team in the country everybody's coming for you now you're the hunted you know you're not you're not going out hunting so yeah i think you might see a possibly see a different mentality with some of these guys moving forward um but yeah that was definitely a cheap shot on the Ole Miss situation yeah so you
1: know th- there's just a few other things I want to talk about before we start mm-hmm. talking um look they averaged 9.1 per rush which is Ugh. a lot e- even when it comes to passing they were averaging 7.9 I-, I think your outside corners played really well You know, did. More, more your interior stuff same issues you've had all year the two things that I see that could be concerning going forward as well. It, it, and look, Coach, I talked about it today. He said, you know, guys were not in the right position. And we talked about that going into the pre, uh, into our preview, just about how guys need to be in the right position. And look, give credit to um, our, our guest that came on, and he said, look, I think this game's going to be close at one point, and I agree with him. You know, I agree with David. I, I thought this game would be close in the first half, not in the second. You know, I didn't yep. think Burrow would have played the second half, uh, you know, definitely not past the third quarter. And a, a reason for that is a turnover margin. Uh, Josh, look, LSU is minus one in this game. And when it comes to turnover margin they they haven't been that good this year.
0: No, I think that's where they're where they're lacking a little bit. And we get if we get to these bigger games, Shaw's I've been saying it all year. That's where it kind of I get a little spooked. They're kind of missing that. I said this all in. I don't like saying this, Charles, but it's just going. at this point, we're 10-0. We need to be honest. It's like they're missing that Devin White. It's like they're missing that leader that kind of gets them fired up. You know, Devin used to make that. I mean, how many times, Charles, have we seen a White, Devin White go out there and, you know, strip a ball, get a fumble, make the guy fumble? It's like they're, it's kind of they're missing that leader, that guy on this defense to make it. Not necessarily elite. I don't don't think they quite have the talent on the front seven to be elite, but to be able to get that edge where if they need to, you know, they can make that play. You know, you, you just, we've seen that with the Honey Badger you know, with Devin White, seen it with other guys on this program. But I think that's the one aspect that spooks me, Charles, on this defense is if you get into a game like Georgia, get into maybe a college football player where you need that guy on defense just to kind of make that gritty, strip that fumble, you know, on a third and one or a fourth and one Don't quite have And that spooks me. With that being said now, this offense covers up a lot of problems. I'm just going to call it how it is. This offense can cover up a lot of problems. And it's covered up numerous issues uh, for this team over the years.
1: Yeah, usually, when the defense covers for the offense, the offense is be covering for the defense. And, right. and the players talked about that. You know, the, the offense picks up the defense when they're having a, a rough day, and the defense picks up the offense. I mean, you've seen the defense come to play and, and play well in certain aspects. Look at the they first did. half in this game. Look at the first half against Alabama. Look, those are the differences, a uh, difference maker. Uh, Josh, one last thing I want to talk about in terms of negatives from this game is, you know, maybe it's just. Um, bad luck, but Kerry Vincent gets an interception and then he gets a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> I mean, between that, the video from last week, which I'm glad was out, but it's like negative things are following Kerry Vincent.
0: Maybe he needs a little good juju this week. Look, maybe negative things are following Kerry, Charles, but let me say this. I've watched the film on him because he's been playing better, but the last three games, Charles, Kerry Vincent has played lot, a lot better football. He has stepped his game up and he, I mean, he only got limited snaps in this game and he made a, a heck of a play. You seen him make a nice tackle where he closed in it. So Kerry has stepped his game up. Now, some of the other things on the outside, <laughs> Kerry, I don't know what he's doing when it comes to that. He might need to just kind of chill out, you know, but I think he, Chelsea, I think he feels like, you know what? I'm finally arriving. I'm finally getting a little swag in me. I'm finally being that high rank four star and you see him some of those emotions coming out. Uh, I think, you know, Coach O, obviously, will kind of tell Kerry to bring that in a little bit. Well, let's continue and
1: flip in terms of positive things from this game. Mm -hmm. There were a lot, all right? So what I do want to look at is this LSU secondary who's continuing to play well. And, you know, everything was about Derek Stingley. I think Derek Stingley has been humbled the past couple of weeks, especially against Alabama, where they had some success throwing at him. But Kristen Fulton, Josh, in this game, had zero targets. Yeah. Zero. I mean, and, and look, Cody Worsham tweeted this out. The last four games against Mississippi State, one for five, 15 yards, two pass breakups, interception. Auburn, three, three of seven, 32 yards, pass breakup. And Alabama, they only threw at them twice and uh, completed one of those for 22 yards of the pass breakup. So the past four games, the teams are five of 14 when targeting uh, Christian Fulton. 69 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Four pass breakups and a twenty-two point six NFL rating. If look, it, it, there's so much hype around Stingley that I think mm-hmm. some people forgot about Christian uh, Fulton. Christian Fulton's maybe one of the best, if not the best, cornerback in this year's NFL draft. Uh, he, the way he's been playing, his technique. We talked about that when he came back yeah. last year. It, it, he's just been putting on a clinic. You know that young cornerbacks need to watch tape of Christian Fulton because
0: he's been playing that well. No, Charles, you're absolutely right. Um, I tweeted out last night. I piggybacked off Cody's uh, Cody Worsham's tweet. um, And, you know, just obviously doing some film study. But look, I said it talking to some of my buds that are, are scouts that in that Alabama game, like they told me, he made himself some money. He solidified himself as a top 10 of some, somewhere within that ten to twenty, Charles, he's going to fall right in there. Now, if he goes to the combine and runs a four three like Greedy did, you know, and does some great things at the combine, Charles, he he he's may, he could maybe be a late you know top ten pick in that area. But man, he's truly showing that he is an NFL cornerback and he has played lights out. Now, if if Fulton was sick, if Fulton had Stingley size, he'd be a top five pick. That's the only thing on, on Christian that, that kind of hinders him a little bit. He's a little short, not just height with his arm length and things so but overall man he's he's going to get drafted really high and he's played some serious football um the cornerbacks like you know don't we don't hear a lot about them and look give Stingley credit they didn't even really want to go after him this game I mean, they didn't want to test him either. I mean they tried to test Fulton a couple of times and he shut it down uh so yeah both of the cornerbacks I thought in Ole Miss the starting cornerbacks played really well on top of that I thought Cordell Flott had one of his better games he's starting to really step up Charles and be a a nice, nice uh, piece there in the secondary. So I think LSU is going to be okay. I mean, I think they they look bright for the future, uh, you know, once they lose Fulton to the draft.
1: Yeah, uh, that secondary is still alive and well. If there's one issue with it, Josh, it's depth. Something Coach talked about today. With with Grant Delpit, you know, back and forth with his ankle injury, Mm -hmm. LSU's been putting Cardell Flott at safety. Yeah. And he said today in the press conference, they even asked some receivers if they wanted to move over to safety to get some playing time just because they're so thin at safety with the Christian, uh, with the, um, with the Harris, uh, Todd Harris injury, uh, that he suffered earlier in the year. Look, Jacoby Stevens is playing really well. Look, Jacoby Stevens has become a leader in a way. He's been very vocal <laughs> past couple of weeks. And, and he's talking about how they're going to fix, um, the mistakes that they had on defense this past week. But if there's one concern I have about the secondary it is that safety position Josh
0: yeah no I think you're right Charles uh, you know real real quick on Jacoby Stevens um, but before the, se- the season started we knew he would he was going to be a big part of his defense how he ended last season but I really want to give him credit Charles he, he that Jacoby has really stepped up into that hybrid outside linebacker he plays by the line of scrimmage a lot he's an athletic kid. He didn't have his best game. Look, I watched the film, Charles. He didn't have his his best game um, against Ole Miss. Obviously a lot of guys didn't, but I was really pleased Charles, that he's been kind of, like you said, the vocal guy on that defense. He wanted to make sure that the media picked up what he had to say. He made sure that his comments got out there and we're going to fix it. You know, Woody, I think he said, we felt like we got, we got ran over or something like that. It just felt like they got taken to school. But um, I think, not for if I think Jacoby's the closest thing to that vocal leader, like you said, that guy that kind of leads the defense. Uh I thought he would probably be more of a short Lawrence or something like that, but it, it just hasn't really turned out that way. Um and Jacoby has really climbed Look Charles, climbed the draft boards as well. So, you know, just kudos to him and, and everything that he's done for the team this season. Yeah, he went from being a hybrid player to being a true safety now. Yeah, he did. And that's that's a big adjustment.
1: Second in on the team in tackle design in, yeah. in this game. He had uh Counted for half of Mm -hmm. a tackle for loss. And Josh, here's the big one. He had a pass defense. Yep. Yep. The knock on Jacoby was his coverage ability. His coverage ability has gotten really good. I mean, go watch the tape against Alabama. And and Jacoby plays like a true safety. He's not around the line of scrimmage as much as you would have thought he would have been. Or especially coming into the season, you thought Jacoby's like that playmaker, right? Right, right. But he's been playing really well. I'm very happy with his play.
0: Yeah, let me say this real quick before we we move on is – That if Jacoby decides to come back, which looking at it now, I think he should come back. I think it would be be a good idea for him to come back. He's definitely going to get drafted. Um, I just think, Charles, if he would come back another year and kind of be that leader on the back end at the safety, you know, fill that role next year and continue to to grow, Charles, I truly believe that he could be a a high first-round pick, like, you know, a mid-first-round guy. He's that talented. He's got the size, um, you know, so – I don't know what he's going to do, but, you know, if I was giving guidance at this point, I would probably tell him to come back. I just think he need, they need, a, need to see a little bit more on film, put another season together, and, man, I think he could probably be a first-round pick. Yeah,
1: look, uh, you could have one of the best, if not the best, safety tandem mm-hmm. next year in Harrison Stevens if, if he decides to come back. But, uh, look, uh, you talked about a guy like Cardell Flott. He ended up having five tackles, three solo with one pass defense as well. Yep. I was very happy with his play. Uh, we knocked on the defensive line, and, and it's not just in rush defense. Josh, zero sacks in this game. I know LSU was playing more against the run, which they needed to, right? Even when Plumlee went back, you know, to pass the ball. You had to make sure that you kept him in the pocket. But I was really surprised to see zero sacks in this game, Josh. I thought
0: LSU would have tried to get more after him than they did. Yeah, I mean, and when he – he don't throw the ball much, Charles. You know, he, he just does it. Uh But just the, the defensive line and the front seven as a whole, it just, it's just kind of disappointing. You know, I don't want to keep, you know, harping on it, but it it is what it is. And, you know, we, we're seeing the news today of <laughs> – Michael Divinity returning to practice, not sure when, if he's actually going to play or not, but the, the defensive line Charles is missing. You know, we got Clavion chase on, but we kind of see what he's turned into, right? Charles, we kind of see what he is. Um, He's a, he's an explosive player, um, but he, he hasn't really turned out to be that speed edge guy. But now he's a player though. You know what I mean? He's going to be an NFL guy, but LSU is missing – Michael DeVeney is kind of like a poor man speed guy, man. And he ain't elite elite, but he's good enough. So I think coming into this recruiting class, you've seen Coach O really hit looking for edge guys, pass rushing guys, because this defense is lacking that. It's lacking a just a speed edge guy that can come off and wreak havoc. Um, it's It's really what LSU needs to – if we had that this season, Charles, it, it would really take this defense to another level. We just don't have it. Yeah, look, uh, Chase on against Alabama
1: is what you expect. Right? Exactly. Yep. that You put on that tape against Alabama, and you're like, oh, man, this is a first-round pick guy, you know, and, and he's leaving. You put on the Ole Miss tape, he had one tackle. You know, it, it's like when it comes to big games, the Texas game, the Florida game, the Auburn game, Alabama, Chase played really well. You know, I've been really happy with his output. When it comes to a game like Ole Miss, he's invisible. And, and so,
0: it's really, really – Odd to me because he played so well last week, Josh. Look, real quick, I want to ask your opinion. He reminds me of a Sam Montgomery. Sam used to do the same thing. I used to say, you know, he just kind of took some games off, and he said that when he left the program. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying Cleveon Chase on does that, but Sam reminds me that he'd be explosive in the big games, and then, you know, he kind of just not there for some of the other opponents. So whatever that is for Chason, I think he needs to get that fixed and kind of figure that out. But that's who he, he kind of reminds me of. Yeah, look, I think he's more talented than Sam. Like oh us. no, he's actually he's actually he's absolutely more talented. But just saying, kind of how he disappears.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I agree with you there. It's like you know this Arkansas game. Whatever happens in this Arkansas game, I, I take nothing away from it unless Arkansas is able to run for four hundred yards in this game. LSU's a what a forty something and a half point favorite.
0: Forty six, mm-hmm. yep, and a half point favorite, man. That's insane yeah. for an look, SEC game.
1: That tells you how bad Arkansas is. That's right? bad. Yeah. You know, Coach O talked about it today. They asked him because he's been an interim coach, talking about, you mm-hmm. know, if a team can get a jolt of energy, they can play better with an interim coach, and he believes they can. So mm-hmm. maybe if see a better Arkansas team, they've been really bad this year. LSU should be able to score at ease against this team. Uh, look, this is another one of those games where at halftime you'd expect Burrow to be coming out. So we'll see if that actually happens. But, Josh, something you did bring up, though, was, talking about divinity. And I think where divinity is huge, not only in his leadership, but in terms of his experience on the field, yep. he can play any
0: one of those linebacker positions. And I think that's big for this team. Look, I think it's big Charles in this game alone. I think in the Alabama game, we didn't need anything, right? We, we knew guys were going to be hyped, right? I mean, we knew guys are going to play with energy. We knew guys are going to come to play, but a game like this, Charles, you're, you're dead on, man. That's, he, I don't think he allows the defensive line and it to kind of get out of hand like that. He, if you notice, Mike, he's when he plays, he's always in the right place, right? He's always in the right spot. He might not necessarily make the tackle, he might not necessarily make the play, but he adjusts the running back on the screen plays. He's really good at seeing a screen coming. Uh, so I, I'll give that. I think in this game, Michael Divinity would have made an impact in the old Miss game. I don't think he would have allowed his guys to get gashed like that. He would have been in the right spot, I think, to at least stop some of those runs. So if they can get Mike back, Charles, that, that's a big plus for exactly what you said. You know what I mean? That's That that would be a big plus for him.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it'd be a big plus for this defense. Not that he can correct the things, but Coach O talked about their issues in this game. And it was things that you can correct. Look, I guarantee you, you know, he's going to be on a all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely think they play better against Arkansas, but, Here's the game I want to see him play better, and that's that A&M game. Look, this Arkansas game coming up, it, You know we're going to have the preview out this week, but Arkansas is really, 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 really bad. <laughs> They're not a good football team, so I expect LSU to put up a ton of numbers. But, Josh, let's move on. Let's talk mm-hmm. about another positive thing, and that's the play of the offensive line. Yes, Ole Miss did have three sacks. They put some hits
0: on Joe Burrow, but I thought the offensive line played really well in this game. It absolutely did. I thought about that today. Coach O brought it up in his presser, and I want to say the same thing. You had two tackles that were the backups, and both of those guys played pretty darn good. He said he, uh, Coach O was basically mentioned those guys were the MVPs, the offensive line was, and I thought that was big. This offense had over 700 yards, and you did that with two tackles that aren't your starters, okay? That's really cool. I mean, and I think that's big for the guys that played. Adrian McGee, uh, you know, at the end of the season, he should get some type of award, Charles, for just the flexibility award or something. I mean, every position where he plays, I mean, you know, he's he's not a first-round pick, but he he, play, he does good, you know, and he does he, good he will get drafted. Yeah, he will get drafted. That flexibility that he's done across the – I would be surprised, Charles. You see him go somewhere in the fifth, to seventh round, somewhere up in there, maybe a little earlier if he does good numbers at the combine. He just He's flexible enough to stick him at tackle, stick him at – you know in the NFL, Charles, that's worth a lot of money to NFL teams if they can draft one guy and he can do numerous things. So, yeah, I think he's definitely getting drafted. Well, let's talk about something that the offensive
1: line, you see their impact. And that's the rushing game. Uh, man, look, you know, here's our, our weekly praise for Clyde. As he goes, twenty-three carries, one hundred seventy-two yards, a touchdown. He averaged seven point five yards per carry. Josh, I, I I'm like ran out of words to describe how good of a season Clyde is putting together right now. After the Alabama game, you know where you saw the effort, the heart he put into that game. You see it again against Ole Miss, and it's mm-hmm. like, man, y- you put on a highlight reel of Clyde from this year, and. <laughs> You know, the spins, his ability to shift and cut, it's, it's really, really, really good.
0: Yeah, and what actually, to me, and yeah, he's done a heck of a job running the football, but really what stands out to me is his ability to catch the football at an elite level now. I mean, he could catch it last year, but he's really worked on, worked on catching the football at an elite NFL level, and it's showing. Like, he, you know, the short passing game, like we've mentioned so many times on the show, is an extension of the running game, and he has done that to perfection. You know, Joe hits him with them, you know, when he goes in motion out the backfield, and he looks like he's going to get hit in the backfield. He makes a couple moves, and before you know it, he gains six, seven, eight yards. I mean, it's just so big, you know, for um, for this team as they move down the field and, you know, trying to score points. So, yeah, I mean, I just really, – you know, Charles, I want to point out that you really have a lot of praise for Clyde. Clyde really like him as a running back.
1: Uh, I do. You know, <laughs> if, if if you look at Clyde, I think I think Clyde probably leaves after this year. Just Isn't that
0: crazy to say now? Isn't that I, crazy? I don't
1: think his stock could get any higher than it is right now.
0: I think you're right. I, I thought about that the other day, Charles, and somebody had asked me, "You think he goes pro?" I, I would at the beginning of the season, I would have thought you were nuts for saying that. But now, like you said, his stock is so high. You hear you hear these announcers talking about how. He's going to be the most complete running back in college coming out for the draft. I don't think they really know what, you know, that he can come back. They don't have the information like we do. They don't follow LSU like we do. So good for Clyde. Good for Clyde.
1: Yeah. I I just think that he's been incredible this season in a lot of aspects too. I mean, you talk about how he fits this offense and it's a perfect fit. Um, Because he's a, he's a guy that look, Clyde doesn't have any negative plays at the end of the day. He, um, he is able to push through guys. He's able to, you know, make that cut. The crazy thing about Clyde is these guys, I don't think they are, are have an understanding of how much of a bowling ball he is, mm-hmm. you know, when you try to tackle him. And, and then they try to strip the ball. And you see in that Alabama game, that touchdown run at the end, it's like yeah, when you go to try to strip the ball from Clyde, good luck. I mean, yeah, good luck. Give up five more yards, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, but it's – go ahead. Hey, continue. No, I mean, you, you're exactly right. You hear, you hear Drew Brees talk about it when he asked the question. He said he looks like a Mark Ingram to him. So um, it might not be out of the question, Charles, if Clyde. You know, I don't think he's necessarily a first-round pick, Charles, but I think he's worked himself into a second-round pick, early third-round pick. I think he's a second-round pick. Don't be surprised if, if Saints are sitting there and can take him. You know, Saints should be looking for that exact type of running back.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'd be kind of surprised uh, if the Saints took him just because I think they like what they have with Murray and Kamara. But, Josh, I, I do think he fits mismatches, which is what the yep. NFL is all about. Look, yep. he's not tall, but you can put him on the outside and you see it. I mean, I watched film from that Alabama game and they did it against Ole Miss as well. Is they just put Clyde out on the outside. And if you don't respect him, touchdown, you know? That's it. Because yeah. a linebacker is not going to be able to keep up with Clyde and it really opens up things in the passing game for LSU, and let's talk about that in this game. Look, LSU had a field day against uh, Ole Miss in this game as Joe went for 489 yards, and you really got to see the two uh, top receivers at LSU. Look, there's three, but make no doubt about it. There's two guys up for that uh, Blitkoff Award. Um, I 100% butchered that, but in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson (laughs) – uh, Justin nine catches, 112 yards with two touchdowns. Jamar eight catches, uh, 227 yards and three
0: touchdowns. Josh, those two receivers put on a clinic this weekend. They absolutely put on a clinic. You know, and every week I say it that they complement each other so well. And you look at Justin, he's so smooth. Charles and like he don't necessarily make the the explosive plays like Jamar does, and but. Justin is so smooth and I love everything about how he's a route runner. It, he just makes it look so easy when he's out there and they, they put on a true clinic there. Um, I mentioned, uh, I don't know, Charles probably about six, eight weeks ago that Jefferson reminds me of <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, and he's not fit. That's not what I'm saying, but I really like how Justin does everything well and he's smooth about it. He gets the job done at the end of the game. You kind of forget, but he caught nine balls, more than Jamar Chase. 112 yards. How many big first downs did he catch? I love that about him. That's why i was saying it reminds me of Larry. Well, he makes sure if you need eight, he go, he runs his route nine to make sure you're getting it. You know what I mean? So he fights for the first downs. On a little like hitch route there when he had a run to the corner to get that first down. Just overall, I mean, I think LSU is is blessed to have these two guys. And then on top of that, Charles, what you get a Jamar Chase who's really more that Odell Beckham explosive type, can take it you know, 15-yard catch and take it 80. So, um, yeah, I mean, Joe sitting there, like I said, sometimes trust his wide receivers maybe a little too much. But, I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, he's got two talented guys. And like you said, it's actually three. Terrace Marshall, because of the injury, he just kind of hit that weird spot in the season Mm -hmm. where he had to come back. But he's super talented.
1: The thing with Terrace is, you know, I understand matchups, you know, favored going to – jefferson and chase but it's kind of like it's taken him a while to get going again
0: you know that that's exactly what i'm saying That's kind of it's like that weird awkwardness that he can't quite get going again but he's going to be fine he's uber talented as well
1: and not only that i think the emergence of a guy like thaddeus moss who once again five catches Mm -hmm. uh, for 63 yards it almost hurts terraces um production You know, because Mm -hmm. Thaddeus Moss really wasn't used that much until after Terrace Marshall's injury. And look, Thaddeus Moss, I mean, he's not going anywhere. But something I do want to – I forgot to bring up about Justin was he had a second drop of the year. That's why that Larry Fitzgerald comparison makes sense because his hands are really, really good. Really Uh, good. running, really, really good. So, I I look, I I think this offense had a field day. Um, It's obvious just looking at the stats. Joe had another really good day. Um. It, besides the two picks, look, he played really well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, overall LSU played well. Um, it, it's crazy that we complain about giving up as many yards w- as we did, but we still won the game by uh, twenty-one points. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, LSU's ten and zero. There's a lot of things to like, and something else I liked from this game, Josh. I know Cade York uh, missed a field goal, but he was three for four, and he hit a fifty-two yard field goal in this game.
0: Yeah, that was nice. You know, when he missed that field goal, uh, you know, kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, like I said, we know he's a freshman. But how I know Cade's going to have a future in kicking more than likely as a professional, Charles, I really like how when he mi- if he misses a kick, Charles, he's really done a great job of trusting his technique, trusting everything about him being a kicker. And he comes back and he'll nail kicks. I mean, you know, you see him hit it with confidence. So he knows he's a good kicker. He knows he just needs to you know follow his technique do what he's been doing his whole life and he you know he had a couple of nice kicks after he missed one so yeah I think LSU's got a, a pretty damn good kicker for the next couple of years. Yeah, I think
1: 52 tied a freshman uh, mm-hmm. record for in terms of distance um, he's also tied in terms of made field goals for the season uh, so look you know Cade York had a little iffy stretch but hits two big field goals against Alabama goes through for four against Ole Miss on the road uh, and has two more games at home before the SEC championship if LSU wins one of the next two and, and then hopefully a playoff run you have to like where your kicking in special teams is um, after last week and this week just looking at in terms of kicking in terms of punting look LSU didn't punt the ball once in this game that's, that's crazy. great stat to think about well you know. yeah
0: that's crazy but,
1: but yeah Look, it was a really good game from LSU overall, though. You know, there's certain things I think they need to work on. I mean, defense, defense, defense. If LSU can get things right on defense, they're going to be hard to stop when it comes to postseason play. And the biggest thing, Josh, is that we've seen what they do in the first half. Uh, let's try to see a full game. I think it's going to be easy to do that against Arkansas. Uh, in, in terms of the first team, I think you see a lot of backups play uh, in the second half this week. But really looking at that A&M game, I want to see a full 60 before we get to the SEC championship.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this is a good week as well. Coach Joe was asked a question about are you going to sit Joe when you get to a comfortable point? You don't really ever know that. Um, but yeah, I think this could be a week where we we absolutely see that. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up about Joe in this game, he became uh, LSU's single season passing leader this year in yards. So uh, passing Rohan Davey. So man, good stuff right there. Um, I just... When the season started, Charles, I, I would have never imagined that we'd be sitting here and he broke the, you know, the passing yards record and he's going to shatter it because look how many more games we got to play. Uh, so, you know, Charles, I want to throw this out here and get your two cents on this. What, I mean, Joe could go down as arguably if he completes his season, away to win or lose, you know, at some point in time, when that championship, great, or, you know, if we lose somewhere down, down the stretch, arguably the greatest passing quarterback the SEC has ever seen. Somebody mentioned that to me today, and I, I was like, "Nah, you know," just kind of shrugged him off. But when I started thinking about it, I said, "He, he absolutely has to be in a conversation." What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think Joe, in terms of LSU, could be one of the best. He passed Rohan's uh, record for passing yards in a season. He's setting the record every single week in yeah. terms of touchdowns, up to thirty-eight now. And you're looking at Joe maybe having a forty-five hundred-yard season. That's, wow, that's so, crazy! He makes it to the play to the final um, and plays for a championship. It's doable, and not <laughs> only that, I, I'd have to look at the numbers. But Joe could become LSU's all-time career passing leader as well. So, I mean, every single week you see the receivers breaking records, and you see Joe breaking records. And, and look, Clyde's about to become a thousand-yard back. You know, I think LSU's had one every single season, <laughs> going back for a very long time. This offense. You know, they're running the ball really well, but they're throwing the ball incredibly. So, gosh, I, look, there are so many things about what's going on in this team right now to like. Um, yes, you have some concerns, but I don't see a team, you know, and, and let's get off on a tangent before we wrap this up. And just looking at, you know, college football as a whole landscape right now. I don't see any team that could stop this offense. You know, Florida and Auburn tried and they weren't successful. I think Auburn had a little bit more success. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to see an Ohio State be able to run that defense that Auburn ran against us, and we've already seen it. Look, you can make the adjustments to that, but you look at like a team like Ohio State who's been huge on their defense. The best team they played is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Look, Wisconsin yeah. run the ball, but they can't pass the ball. So yeah. you know, you take that with a grain of salt. I think you're going to learn a lot about LSU and the SEC Championship against Georgia. But, Josh, it's like LSU is a juggernaut. And it's hard to see someone slowing them down.
0: Yeah, I I think the offense is so good at this point. I think we're ten games in, and I could say this comfortably: the offense is at a, a level that I've never seen at LSU in my you know in my life. That it covers up some of the faults on defense, but it's just that good. You're getting into that, you know, Florida Gators with Spurrier and. Danny Werfel in them years When the offense was just so good It didn't really kind of matter What they did on defense So you just had to show up And play a halfway decent game That's why I think it's important For the LSU defense to show up We're not, we're not asking you to beat The Ravens or the 85 Bears We just need to show up And don't give up 400 yards rushing Ole Miss. We're asking you to to make a few plays, do what you have to do, stay in your lane, stay in your gaps, and let Joe and his offense go to work. Let him drop 45 on – 55 on people, and then, we, you know, we we could leave a winner.
1: Yeah. Look, Josh, I'm excited. Um, There's not many more words I can use to just describe how the season's going. Excited to watch the ride is – Arkansas comes to town uh, and then you get to face a and M and maybe a little payback for that. Uh, that loss in college station this year is that game will be at 6. PM as well. Mm-hmm. as the weekend, and we will be previewing that Arkansas game. Uh, it'll probably be out Wednesday or Thursday with John neighbors like we did last year. But uh, Josh, do you have any more thoughts from this weekend? Uh, look, I I'm hearing some more things in that recruiting trail as well.
0: Yeah. Look, um, word's been kind of leaking out on a few names. I, this is my opinion on, on the recruiting thing is that I think LSU is going to end up finishing with two or three more big name recruits, Zach Evans, Marcus Dumerville, you know, Jordan Birch is a the number two player in the country from South Carolina. He announced today, uh, he's going to announce his decision on December 19th, I think, or 18th or 19th. I did tweet it out. So if you want to go check that out, but, uh, Charles, I think LSU is going to go ahead and have to, process, attrition, however you want to say it, two or three more guys out of this class because they just can't they can't turn away some of the guys that want to come play for them. And I think LSU is going to end up closing. Most people are saying two, Charles. I think LSU ends up closing with three more studs. Now, one of that might be a high rank four-star, but I think LSU ends up closing with three more, Charles. It's just that's where the interest is at when I'm talking to these recruits and some of these individuals that it's just there. So how does Coach O go about processing these guys out Um, O has a good reputation and he's loyal. So when they talk about processing guys out, Charles, I want to make this clear for people that don't follow recruiting when they always ask me this question. So what are they going to do? Coach O will do a, try to do his best to guide the people he's processing out to his connections necessarily or teams that he knows that could use their help who are still D one and high level. He necessarily doesn't just cut ties and say, have a good day. He's very well connected. And, you know, if he has a buddy somewhere that has a team that needs a defensive tackle or an offensive tackle, and he's looking maybe to possibly process somebody out, he'll go ahead and teams will go ahead and try to help that individual out. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, as you know, Charles, recruiting sometimes it stays really quiet and hush hush, and people have a lot of questions about it. It's kind of like a hidden side of it, but that's kind of how that works.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can't, like, don't feel bad for that at the end of the day. Right. A, a kid's going to want to, have opportunity to play, exactly. and uh, when when you continuously bring in really good guys, um, those guys get shuffled down the the uh, depth chart, and they could go to a situation when they play uh, sooner than they would at LSU. But look, I I agree. You know, I think number one, LSU has our eyes set on it. I know Clemson's going to add some talent, um, and that's who you're competing for that number one spot with right now. But I mean, if LSU adds, you know, the running back that we've been saying is going to come, they add an offensive tackle that we really liked to mm-hmm. and they had maybe an outside linebacker, a defensive end. You're talking about a class that, you know, probably is, you know, all four and five stars. You may have one three star. And in terms of star ranking, you're going to see one of the best classes that's ever been at LSU. And the crazy thing, and I keep saying it over and over again, it's a down year in terms of talent in Louisiana.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. Coach O has really showed his power. power. Go ahead. All you can say is wow. Yeah, no, you're right. And Coach O has really showed his power as as a recruiter. Uh, It's been kind of breathtaking, honestly, man, what he's done and he's went out nationally and recruited these guys. Um, You can argue, argue he's recruited the number one cornerback, the number one tight end, the number one wide receiver, you know, depending on what service you want to look at. And from my film study, Charles, I have no problem with saying that Rakeem Jarrett, Eliza Ricks, and the tight end that we just picked up from Georgia are all three number one at their position. Cause you can go watch the film and you can't argue it, you know? So man, what a job that he's, he's done, you know, and to think where he, what he's done with the talent that's on the team now Charles, and now you're going to give them, you know, you're going to give them talent just upwards of higher level talent to do the things we can do now with this offense. Oh man. It should be fun to, for the next few years. Yeah, really exciting. I mean, look,
1: this is the plan you thought O was going to bring in. And he's actually mm-hmm. really well. Uh, Josh, but we will be having that preview for the Arkansas game. We'll be doing some film study. Make sure you all get y'all's questions in. saw so Josh tweeted something about it. I'll put something up as well. Um, but, uh, Josh, I want everyone to go check out the website. I checked it out, saw the new things that you got. So you get some stuff posted. But uh, where can people check that website out?
0: Yeah, just uh, look, uh, I got it attached to my Twitter. It's just LSUFBallTruth.com. So tonight I'll I'll post up the last pod, and I'll do my best to to get up our latest uh, pods and and spots. Uh, I'll be actually uh, be on ESPN this week a couple times, so I will get those starting now since the website is updated. um, I get it a lot, guys asking me where can I listen to the show, so I'll get that stuff when I do ESPN. I'll get that on the website as well, Charles.
1: Well, make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter as well, at LSUFBallTruth. Make sure y'all follow the Primetime Podcast at Primetime underscore pod. But for Josh and Moyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Make sure y'all check out that Arkansas preview coming out later this week. And as always, God bless.